Because he lives, I can stand here and proclaim the gospel. And to know that it's true, to know there's not any errors, and to know the one that we talk about and we witness about and we preach about and we teach about is alive and well today. Praise God for Jesus who paid the ultimate price, made the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn. First of all, we want to look at uh, Isaiah one eighteen, and then we'll look at Romans three twenty three through 26. Isaiah says, Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Romans. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a perpetuation, that is, a payment, through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Father, we do thank you and we praise you for the provision that's been made for us. Lord, I, I stand before you today. I'm begging. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you uh, to take this message today and use it for no other reason but to glorify you which, which you are in heaven. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the opportunity you give us every day to tell others that you're alive. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Trials are, are held um, about every week in our county. And I, and probably you, at some time or another, if you have age, you have been summoned to serve uh, on what they call a jury. And oh, we dread that so, don't we? We show up. And we wait, and we wait, and we wait to see if they're going to call our number. And then they're going to um, quiz us a moment. You see any reason why you shouldn't be up here? Yes or no? Uh, you know, sometimes we're looking for a reason. And uh, sometimes we're chosen. And then sometimes uh, we are sent home. Uh, we go, if we, if we go and we listen, we hear the indictment. We hear the verdict. We, we hear it either guilty or not guilty. And some are placed on parole with the point which they are watched and they have to give a report. They have to report in to a parole officer ever so often. I think about that concerning our lives today. We need to be aware that there's someone watching us. Every minute of every day. And that person is God the Father who sees every move who hears every word, who knows every thought, who knows every intention. He hears and he sees. We're also being watched by others. The reason God watches us is because he cares. I think of parents when they're watching little children. Why are they watching them? Because they care. They don't want them to get hurt. And if they go to be doing something that could lead to harm, we usually step in, in there and take them a hold and say, you know, hey, this won't work. You can't do this. And sometimes I've seen a lot of struggle going on where that child's bound, bit, determined, I'm going to do it anyway. 
Now you watch me. When you turn your back, I'm going to be off. I'm going to be off and at it. We do the same thing. God might speak to us. He might even get a hold of us through somebody or through some circumstance. And we feel like, well, when that little thing's over, I'm going to move in and I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, you know, God's a loving God. And I've thought about this many times. The hearing is set. You and I are going to stand before God Almighty and give an account of our life in at least two ways. This morning, if you've never been saved and you're lost, you're going to stand before God and you're going to be judged. Mainly, one reason, why did you not accept Christ as as your Savior? And you're going to hear Him say, and no matter how many excuses people may give as to why they didn't get saved, and He's going to say, I'm sorry, I don't know you. And like in a court, when it's over with and, and the The sentence is passed. That person is escorted out to start their sentence, to start serving, because that's their punishment. On the other hand, if we're saved, we're going to stand before God also. We're going to give an account of everything done in this body, whether it be good or bad. We're not going to be judged whether we're saved or lost. If we're saved, we're going to be judged by what we do in this life. It makes no difference what I do. The only thing that's going to count is what I do for Jesus. It's not going to count what I do for you as a church family or what you do for me as your pastor. None of that's going to matter. We can bring up all manner of stuff that we have done and will do and have good intentions. But let me tell you something. If you miss Jesus, you've missed heaven. Listen to me. The hearing is set. First of all, I want us to think about the indictment, the charge. You know, what are we charged with? What are we charged for? Let me tell you this. This is, this is what we're charged with. If, if we stand before God without Jesus, we're guilty of rebelling against God. That simply means not doing what he says. If you're lost, he begs, he pleads through the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible said, unless the Spirit speaks to you, there's no reason to come. You say, well, I'm waiting on the Spirit to speak to me. Listen, sometimes the Spirit speaks in different ways, and we simply avoid it. We avoid the issue. But let me tell you, the the hearing is already set. You and I are headed for the hearing. And we're guilty. Many times we're guilty of rebelling against God. Secondly, we're guilty of forsaking God or turning our back on His Word. Now listen to me. If you're lost today, I miss this might be a dumb question as far as you're concerned if you're lost. Are you reading God's Word? You know, you're, if you're here in uh, the worship today and you're lost, you've, already, you've just heard the Word of God. You just heard it. What are you going to do with that which you've just heard? Forget the entire Bible except what we read this morning. What are you going to do with that? We've all sinned. The Bible says every one of us has sinned. We've come short of the glory of God. What, what, what are we going to do with that? Some people say, I ain't going to do nothing about 
I don't care nothing about it. I don't have to do anything about it. No, you sure don't. You don't even have to care. But one day you will stand before God. And you will wish that you had a care. You will wish that you had done something about it. I want you to pray for the Carver family. I don't, I don't know but one of those people. I don't, I don't know any of the rest of them. And Wednesday morning, I'm going to face that family at 11 o'clock. I'm going to be facing them before then as they have the receiving of friends. I'm going to face them before then. I'm going to give an account. I want you to pray that I'll have the right words, the right words to say. From God's holy word. I can't bring comfort. But God can. And I, my, my thing is I've got to convey to them that God loves them. Regardless of what the situation might be. But listen to me. Guilty of rebelling. Guilty of forsaking. But also guilty of displeasing God through disobedience. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way and God laid all our sins on Jesus Christ. Did it for you. He did it for me. So what are you going to do with that? If all my sins is laid on Christ, what am I willing to do for him? Am I willing to do anything for him? Listen, y'all, I can't imagine... Now, I, I've been, I have been on the juries, and I've been in courts, and, and I have visited jails, but I can't imagine being guilty of something and, and stand before a judge and hear him say, Son, here's what's going to happen to you. For the next 40 years, you're going to spend in a prison, isolated, away from your family and from your friends, and we're going we're to hold out on you every way we can. We're going to make it awful hard on you. Listen, God's going to say one day, if you keep on refusing to accept him, son, I'm sorry. I'm fixing to deliver you over to the devil. You're going to be away from your family. You're going to be away from your friends. You're going to be in a place called outer darkness. You're going to be in a place where the worm dieth not. You're going to be in a place where the fire never, ever goes out. Son, you are going to be in torment forever. How you feel about that? You know what? People are going to be falling on their knees begging not to. That's why God gives us a chance today. That's why the three crosses, Jesus in the middle and two thieves, one on either side. One went the right way, one went the wrong way. God gives us a choice. So, we, we, we're guilty. We're guilty of rebelling, of forsaking, and displeasing. But we're also guilty of total corruption. I like to think sometime I'm doing good. I like to think sometime I'm living a good, right kind of life. But then I know in my heart what's wrong, okay? My righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. I have nothing to stand on. Nothing. Except the Word of God. I have nothing to stand on except the, that Jesus went to the cross and paid for my sins. What am I willing to do for him? Verse 26 says, To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. You say, yes, I believe in Jesus, so I'm covered, right? 
Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess your sins. Repent of your sins. And invite him into your heart. And then come and make it public. Not being ashamed. You say, well, listen, I've been saved a long time ago. I've never made it public. And I don't want to make it public because I don't want to be embarrassed. The Lord, the Bible says, if you are ashamed of me in this crooked generation, I will be ashamed of you when you come into my presence. And you will hear those words, hey, I'm sorry. I never knew you. I have been to businesses before and maybe needing something and I walk to the counter and they'll say, can I help you? And I said, yes, sir. So-and-so sent me over here. He said, you would help me out. He said, I've never heard of that person. (laughs) Never heard of him. Sorry, can't help you there. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. Is this a... Yep, you're in the right place, but... You know, I went to one place seriously like that and, and it happened, they said... That person don't work here any longer. So, oh, they didn't say they didn't. Don't let your ears hear God say, I'm sorry. I don't know you. I don't know you. The hearing is set. Not only the indictment, but after that is the pardon. That's forgiveness. The pardon. Forgiveness. Can you imagine Jesus being in one of those cells and Barabbas being in the other? And they know what's coming. They can hear the crowd shouting, crucify. Well, Barabbas knew what he had done. He knew what he had done. And there they stood, waiting. Can't you imagine cold chills going up and down his spine? Especially when he heard the, the Roman soldier coming down with the keys to unlock the cell. And he goes to the cell and takes him out and walks Barabbas out there in front of the mob. And they're shouting, crucify. And all of a sudden, he's released out into the crowd. Can't you imagine him getting out there to his friends and, his, and him saying, what's going on? And about that time, they bring Jesus out. And the crowd is still shouting, crucify. And you hear his friends say, you see that man standing? He took your place. He's taken your place today. Folk, listen, Jesus has taken our place. There's not a one of us standing or sitting in this room today that's worth anything. But with Jesus... We're worth it all to the Father because he paid for our sins through his Son, Jesus Christ. The pardon, the forgiveness. You see, according to Scripture, it's available to all. It's available to all. In Romans 10, 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why do people put that off? I do not know. I don't understand why they put it off. When they hear and they know, hey, I'm in good health. I got a good family. I got good vehicles. Got a good place to live. I got plenty of food. What do I need with the Lord? You may not need him right now, you think. But one day you will. And it could be too late because he is our ticket to the other side. You can ask little children, where's heaven? Oh, that's up. I said, well, who's up there? Jesus is. 
I say, what's below? They don't want to say hell. They say it's a bad place. I say, what do you mean bad place? Is this not a bad place? Yeah, but that's a worse place. I say, well, what's it called? Well, it's called hell. I say, well, who's there? The devil. You see, they know. And they've been taught. And it's important to lead our little children to accept the Lord. You say, well, what about my child? I got a teenage child. What about them? Listen, all you can do is pray and talk to them. Talk to them. I've I've done other funerals where I didn't know the people and and try to inquire and find out about the person. And it's so sad to hear the mate say, I don't know if they were saved or not. I'm going to tell you something. You need to find out. If you don't know whether your mate is saved or not, you need to ask them. You need to ask them, have you been saved? Now, if they tell you, give you a good, beautiful, sweet, loving testimony, hey, thank God for it. But if they say, yes, I've been saved, what's the matter with you? Chances are they're not. Chances are they're not. If they lash out, chances are they're not. Ask your youngins. Youngins, ask your parents. Ask your grandparents. Talk to them. It's it's an urgent hour. The, the, The hearing is set. And we're headed toward that hearing. The indictment, the charge is already we're lost without Christ. But there's also the pardon, guilty. There's also that pardon. We Listen, it is available to all according to Romans 10, 13. No matter who calls on the name of the Lord, he said, I will save them. It does not come through man's sacrifices either. Pardon don't come through man's sacrifices. In fact, the Bible said, told, said, I... I'm tired of the blood of bulls and goats. I don't want their blood. I want yours. I want your life. I want your soul. Let me tell you something. You can't, you and I can't give anything to get saved except our soul. Nothing. You take your most prized possession and say, Lord, I give this to you so I can be saved. Hey, not worth anything. It's not worth anything. You don't come through man's sacrifices. Verses 27 and 28 says, Where is boasting then? Well, if you could do something, you'd have something to boast about. He asked the question, Where's the boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Off works? No. But by the law of faith. We got to have faith. We have to have faith in the Word of God. Have faith that we, our Heavenly Father is above. Have faith that our Jesus died on the cross for our sins, arose, and He is on the right hand of the Father. And have faith to know that we have the blessed Holy Spirit of God who is present, who wants to invade our life and take over and lead us. You know what? I watch. I watch a lot of you young people. And you, you're so good looking and you got, you got everything going for you. You, you. Some of you have already got jobs and you're succeeding already. And you're not even out of high school. I am so proud of you. But what bothers me is where's the Lord in your life? Where's Jesus in your life? Are you working on getting your lost friends saved? There was a young man in our class. Terry Rainey. What he was, I don't think he was in my class. He was between Lynn and I. 
And I really didn't know Terry that well. We just passing in the hall, you know, speak, and maybe in the lunchroom, what have you. Several years later, we'd done graduated from high school. They had a high school reunion for Terry Rainey's class. And they said that he stood up in that class reunion, and he asked his class, he said, I want to ask y'all something tonight. Why didn't one of you tell me about Jesus? Why didn't you do I know that some of you went to church in those days, and you know I didn't go. Not one of you asked me about Jesus in my life. Well, at this point, hey, Terry had already been saved, surrendered to preach. Curtis probably remembers him. And he's pastor of many churches, and he's still, uh, still preaching. But he, he just asked the question, why didn't somebody? You know, I, I can stand in the same place. Why didn't I? Why didn't I? Why don't you? Listen, young folk, you have the, the perfect opportunity in your school to share Jesus. We adults can't walk in. Teachers can't walk in and go to sharing the Bible and sharing Christ, but you can you can, and ain't nobody can stop you. If anybody pulls you aside to stop you, ask them to let you make one phone call and call me. I'll be there. I promise you I'll be there for you. It's available to all. It don't come through sacrifices, but it comes through God. Look at verse 24 there. It says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's through his son and nothing else. You can't do anything else to get it. It's powerful too. When we think of the pardon, I think of old Isaiah in chapter 1, verse 18, come now. He didn't say, come sometime tomorrow if you want to. Come later, it's all right. Put it off, it's okay. No, Isaiah said, come now. Come now. And let us reason together, saith the Lord, though our sins be as scarlet. They shall be as white as snow. Washed away. Though they be red like crimson. They shall be as wool. Isaiah said that. Under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But he said come now. You know what that means? Without delay. Come now. It's the invitation. Come now. Without hesitation. I don't know why people put that off. It's dangerous to put it off. Your house is on fire let's say. You've called 911. The fire trucks are on the way. And you say, well, this is my recliner. I've been here all night. I ain't getting out of here. And the fire gets closer and closer. The fire department, you hear the sirens. And the fire department's coming. And they cut on the water. And they start spraying the water. And you say, I'm not moving. And they come in to get you. Leave me alone. This is my house and my recliner. And I'm, I've, I was born and raised in this house. And I'm going to die in this house. no. None of that probably be true. <laughs> You'd be scrambling to get out. If you were physically able, you'd be scrambling to get out. Let me tell you, there's an eternal fire that's still burning. The rich man is there waiting on a drop of water that's not going to come. The rich man could see. He could see Abraham over there. The rich man who was in hell had a memory. He said, my father's house, I got some brothers back there. And he could feel. He had his senses. He said, I'm in torment in this fire, but no escape. It's a horrible thing. It's a horrible place according to the word of God. But Isaiah says, come now. 
All right. The indictment, the pardon, but the hearing is set. Let me tell you about the promise right quick. He'll never fail us. How many thousands of years has it been since Noah looked out that window in the ark and saw that rainbow? You know, I love rainbow. I, I'm just, it just blesses my heart when I see the rainbow. It's a promise that God made way back yonder that I'll never ever destroy the earth with water again. Never. That's our promise. And he gives it to us. Quite often, he lets us see, hey, here's the bow. I'm satisfied. <laughs> Noah rejoiced when he saw that bow and heard, hey, this is my promise, Noah. Now get the door open. Get this crowd out of here. And let's go about the earth. I'm going to give you another chance, he's saying, to make it right. Another chance. Well, praise God for another chance. But the promise is to those who will respond to the invitation. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Put it on. Wear it. I will help you bear it. It's a choice. But to those who refuse to respond to the invitation, you know, just this morning, John 3, 16 came to my mind. Don't you listen? Some of you know it by heart. Maybe some of you have never even heard it. You can't assume something, so listen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. That little word, not, N-O-T. What if he'd have left that out? Then it would have been, shall perish. But thank goodness, he said, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I did not see this when we went to New York. But I read about a cemetery in New York that has a tomb rock in there that has no name, has no birth date, no death date. It has one word written on it. That word is forgiven. 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 We sing a song, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus, the Nazarene. And I wonder, I wonder, how in the world he could love me a sinner, condemned, unclean, guilty. He does it because of his love. His love for you, his love for me, will never fail. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, all that the Father hath given me, I have not lost a one. But are you one of those that's never come into the fold? Are you one of those who've never Made your salvation public. If you, I know. Listen, I know how you think. I've been there. Oh well, I'm saved. I, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, but I've never joined a church. Never made it public. And uh, you know, nobody's business. Remember what he said. I'll be ashamed of you if you're ashamed of me. I beg you today. If you're lost, you just simply need when the time of invitation start. Come right here. All you got to do is come, Kenny. I'm lost, and I want to be saved now. We'll get out and do business with God right then and there. Or you might come and say, look, I've been saved. 
never been baptized, never made it public, and I want to do all of that today. Or you might be saying, hey, I've been saved, baptized, my membership's elsewhere, and I feel convicted to the point that I want to join right here. Some of you have been coming here a while. I mean, I don't know what you're waiting on. I guess you know what you're waiting on. Maybe you're waiting on a, a thundercloud or something or other. But seriously, unless the Spirit of God moves you, there's no reason to come. If you feel led to do that, in the name of Jesus, for goodness sakes, do it before it's everlasting too late. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the privilege to call you our Father. Thank you for the privilege to stand in this place today. God, help me. Father, I hope that I have covered every base that needs to be covered today. That if there's anyone lost, they'll know how to be saved. If anyone's backslidden, Lord, they'll know what to do. Just come and confess their sins. Lord, I just ask your will to be done in this service. Lord, this is yours. And this is your time. And I pray that your will be done in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you don't have to